time came when the ticker tape in the broker's office told a new story. It was panic. Sixteen and a half million shares of stock sold in a single day. I love how the music just stops. Yeah, right. just boom. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to uh, Stock Dirty to Me, the number one podcast for your investing needs. I am, of course, the host of Most Feel Better. And with me, as always, is uh, a genius in the world of investing. It's my good man, Tony. Uh, unfortunately, Dolph couldn't be here as he's a little busy, but we do have a special guest. You know him all so well. It's our good friend, the millionaire money mentor himself, Lloyd Ray Ross. Yes. What's up, friends? Woo. Yes. Oh, love Let's so go. I love it. This is so good. Good to be back. Thanks for having me on again. Oh, it's, it's always great a pleasure on, to have man. you on. Glad you're glad you can join last minute. Last minute. Yep. Yeah, that's how we do things. Yeah. It's the end of the year. That's yeah. So yeah, it's how we do it. Sometimes when you plan whiskey. stuff, it just doesn't. Yeah, I'm go drinking well. whiskey. I'm drinking uh, McGregor's whiskey because you know. It's a good whiskey. It's not because it's 10 I am Andrew. drinking. Oh, it's 735 here. It's after five. <laughs> it's yeah, 5 a.m. Yeah, it's 5 a.m. Too early to start drinking, though. I mean, come yeah. on. Especially yeah, when it's the holiday right season and we're just getting another lockdown. So, oh, really? Wow. Uh, well, so our, pro- uh, our premier who runs the province, he, uh, he leaked some earlier. He's like, because he went on Friday, last Friday, he was like, okay, restaurants, uh, all bars, taverns, this closed. If you're a restaurant, you're allowed to be 50% and between these hours. And I side hustle at a pub just uh, for my investing money. That's where I get my investing money. My business pays my bills. I side hustle to pay my, get my invest and grow that money. And we hear like the restaurants it, we, we can fall under the restaurant because we do have a restaurant license because we serve pub food right but like the manager the owners were like no we're going to close down it's not worth it because it's 50 percent. you guys are going to cost us too much to pay you and we're, there's no guarantee and then today we heard that everything's being shut down and then he just comes on to the uh on it uh does a news conference he's like we're not shutting everything down things are going to be staying open but we're asking you to limit your family time at Christmas. <laughs> you know, they don't, do they realize this shit doesn't work? Like they tried that for two years. It doesn't work. Listen, I, I just can't wait till Star Trek comes along and I, they go, and we're done. Like, I don't have to worry about these. Uh, I'm good. Yeah. I'm just Can tired I go to of, Mars soon? When is Elon going to Mars? Because <laughs> can I'm I join tired that? tired of politicians treating us like children, you know? Like you can't do this, you can't do that. It's like no, no. Just tell everybody the risk. Yeah. Your recommendations and stop yeah. talking down Correct. to people. You especially I mean? when, especially when our state premier has been divorced twice, can't hold, hold down a marriage, uh, doesn't hasn't got a good body, doesn't look after herself, not disciplined. I'm not respecting anyone like that. Well, what I listen they never to talk about, that. they never talk what? about being healthy. They talk about get the vaccine, and give you a free burger at McDonald's. So welcome, welcome yeah. to the COVID. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is the COVID podcast. You know what really about. irritates me the most though is that my webjet, <laughs> my webjet shares, our webjet shares are just like not going up. It's an Australian company. It's bound to be the number one travel company in the world. Ooh. Online. Especially Australia, where everything wants to kill you. Yeah, everyone wants to leave. <laughs> it's, it's getting hammered, so I'm just yeah. angry about that. No, I know I, everybody's getting hammered, especially with the threat of another lockdown and all that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's talk about some funner stuff like taxes. Everybody loves taxes. It's up there with, you know, death. Um, yeah. <laughs> things no you can't time. avoid. Yeah. Yeah. Two things you can't avoid death and taxes and an angry wife. But, anyways, Tony, you want to talk about taxes? Oh, I love taxes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so first i want to say this is our last show of 2021 yes. how awesome is that uh we've been doing this for over a year now this uh this close to we're close to a month right? uh, a year to? well i think we launched after lloyd launched money grows on trees i think we're a month or two after yeah lloyd so we're launched. at least so, what seven eight months nine we're months, in a good something. solid eight months in yeah, yeah. and want to thank so, yeah, everybody 
who's uh, watching live, make sure you let us know. Hashtag alive. Let us know where you're watching from. And what has your favorite episodes been so far? Let us know in the comments down below. Uh, and uh, yeah. All right. Let's talk about those taxes. If, if uh, we've been getting like three, 400 views per live. And if yeah. we get over 500, I'm going to give away uh, five copies of my course for free. And I'm going to raffle them or I'm going to pick a bunch of random people that watch the uh the facebook live. so make sure you comment and, and leaves a comment yeah you got to so, like and leave a comment you have to like and leave a comment to be entered into this the course awesome. can, i can i can give it to you to give to someone else i'll give you the, wait, wait, wait. the free code you're throwing yeah. something in lloyd yeah i just check in my books so i'll do five books all right there we yeah. go look at that a book so that will make you books. a millionaire Five free courses, five free books. I'll throw in my uh, book too. I'll throw in five books, uh, five copies of uh, the launch, so Seven Steps to Launch Your Podcast yeah. Successfully. What I use yeah. to launch Lloyd's podcast into the number one zone in Australia. Here we go. Number one. Oops, wait, I, I, I didn't and leave if that. If you part. want a chance at winning any of that stuff, put a uh, comment hashtag 500. Yeah, and hashtag we'll 500. That's how you uh, we know yeah. you're entered into the draw. Like and hashtag 500. Like and hashtag 500. And uh, you'll automatically enter yourself to win. And I also, I don't want to speak for Dalt, but I'm pretty sure Dalt would probably give away some crypto to five people. Yeah. I'll give away a million dollars to five people. I, can't. I don't yeah, want to yeah, speak for him. But... Yeah, he's going to be the Oprah Winfrey. He's going to give away everybody a car. So, so there's a lot, of, a lot of chances to win some free stuff. Um, and if you don't, you know, and it's Christmas time, you can gift my course to someone else, maybe your niece, your there nephew, you friend, whoever you want, or Boyd's book. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Sorry to, no Sorry to give stuff one. away. Yeah, just give Sorry stuff away value. Than it needed to be, but I just wanted to throw that out there. You know, it's Christmas time. It's so. a great value. I think we should do something like that every year. I think that should be our tradition. Our last show, we have a big, massive contest. I'll start thinking okay. about next year. <laughs> so right. uh, tell us about your taxes uh, take. Tones? All right. So <laughs> obviously we all live in different countries, the three of us. So our, our tax laws are going to be all totally different. But we'll keep it simple. Let's talk short-term capital gains, long-term capital gains. So in the United States, which I believe a lot of the people in the group are from the United States, uh, if you hold a stock for one year or longer, you qualify for what's called long-term capital gains tax rate, and you get a discounted tax rate. If you hold it for less than one year before you sell, you're going to have short-term cap capital gains rate, which means it's your normal income tax bracket. So if you're normally taxed 25%, you're going to pay 25% on all your profits for the year. Um, if you qualify for the long-term capital gains tax rate, which means you hold it for 12 months or more, you may qualify for a 15% rate, which is the lowest, uh, which most people will qualify for a 15% tax rate. Because I think it's if you make under $100,000, uh, you'll, you'll pay the 15%. So uh, you'll have to go and take a look at the bracket. I'm not sure what it is off the top of my head. It I think it changes every year slightly. But uh, most people in the group will qualify for the lower 15% rate, which is a lot better than what your normal tax rate would be. Even if you're only making like 60, 70 grand a year, you're going to be paying about 24, 25%. So you're going to save yourself about 10% on those taxes. Uh, so it benefits you to hold for longer than a year before you sell anything. And that's why we always talk about long-term investing is better for, that's another reason why. And the last thing I'll say quickly about taxes is don't forget you're gonna pay taxes on dividends too. So a lot of people don't realize that. If you're in the US and you are receiving dividends in a non-tax uh, exempt account, meaning it's not an IRA or a Roth 401k, if it's a taxable account, you're gonna pay tax on dividends and the dividend tax is the same with short-term and long-term capital gains as well. So once again, it benefits you to hold for a year or more. But if you're someone that's investing heavily in the dividend stocks, you may want to rethink that strategy if you're doing it in a taxable account. Because regardless, if you reinvest the dividend money back into the stock, you leave it in the brokerage account, or you put it into your bank account, you're going to pay taxes no matter what. 
that's another misconception. That's something I thought too when I first started investing was, oh, if I just reinvest the, the dividend, I don't pay taxes on it. And that's not true. You're going to pay taxes on it even if you reinvest it. So that's a quick summary of taxes. Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything to add about that. It's the same in Australia with this. We get a 50% discount on capital gains tax if we hold it for longer than a year. So obviously it, 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 it pays to be a long-term holder. Um, but in terms of the dividends, we actually get what we call fully franked dividends, which is where the company has actually already paid the tax on the profits and the government doesn't double tax us. So wow. they'll, tax, they'll tax the company, company will pay the tax to the government and then the company will pay us the dividends from the after tax dollars and the government just leaves it alone. So it prevents double taxation. So which means, for example, one actually my, our biggest position is, a, is uh, a bank in Australia and it pays a good 4% dividend and it's fully franked. So it means that there's no tax to be paid on it. So the tax effective yield is about five and a half percent. Wow. That's yeah, incredible. It's really, it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. So, but what's interesting is that we don't do a lot of buybacks here in Australia. So in the States, companies do a lot of buybacks because it actually allows, it's more tax effective for the investor. So you you know you get you tend to get a lot more capital growth. It's better for compound interest too when you're getting capital growth instead of income. Um, so, but it's harder to get financial freedom in the United States with stocks because the, the the dividends are so low, right? So it's harder to get that passive income. Whereas in Australia, man, we've got this stock, Fortescue Metals. It's one of the main miners here of iron ore, which is a big product of ours in Australia. We ship it to China. And they're paying, they're paying currently a fully franked, so tax-free, 22% dividend yield. Wow. 22%. They're printing money, aren't they? They just print yeah. money. Yeah, we're at the peak of the cycle. They're dominating the China. You know, the world's opening up. Yeah. Jesus. I know in Canada, we have what's called a tax-free savings account. So you can invest, like you take your money after taxes, obviously put it in and any gains it gets. So anything it's invested in or anything like that, it's not touched. You don't get taxed on it. So you can pull it out whenever you want, never have to worry about it. Uh, wow. We also have an older system. So the tax-free came in recently, uh, probably about a decade ago. Uh, recent in my life is a decade ago, apparently. But they have uh, the, what we have, the retirement uh restricted retirement savings plan or something like that the rsps where you know like that was what the four i guess it's a 401 410k in the states equivalent. Yeah. yeah but you get taxed out the ass if you try and take it out early but if you wait till 65 you're fine yeah same as that yeah we have a we have a roth 401k which is similar you can you could put all your dividend stocks in there and you don't pay any taxes on any of your gains and Roth is all pre-tax, so you pay before you put the money in. It's all like after after uh, tax or your net pay from your paycheck. So it's highly beneficial to set up a Roth 401k for everybody that's listening or watching. It's the dumbest thing in the world if you don't have a Roth 401k. It really is. It's like there's no way to sugarcoat it. If you don't have a Roth 401k set up for retirement, it is the dumbest thing you could possibly do. <laughs> Same with Stop a tax-free Canadian. Pause what you're doing right now. Go, go set up a 401k immediately or a, a, Roth, a Roth IRA immediately if you don't have one for your job uh, because you are going to, you're missing out. You're losing you really money. You're, you're, you're losing, losing money. money. You're losing money. Especially if you have a 401k with your employer and you don't contribute to that. That is as dumb as it gets because it's free money. It's almost like a, a raise every week where they, uh, they match your pay. So, for instance, my, my employer will contribute up to 6%. So, if you put 6% in, they'll match your, your 6%. So, now you're investing 12% and you're only putting in 6%. It's, it's, it's ludicrous money. not to take advantage of that. I and worked. Go ahead. Sorry, Tony. No, no, go ahead, Tony. No, I was just going to say the the company I worked for they had something similar. Like I, the first two years I worked there, I didn't didn't contribute at all, so I was getting like nothing of their stocks, but like they matched up to three percent. So every percent you put up, it was a 05 percent they matched. So I went up to six percent when I found this out. I'm like, screw this, six percent. I can live on less than like, yeah, they're gonna match. I get nine percent of stock. Yes, every pay. Yes did that and people uh, a lot of people don't contribute i was 
one of them when I was younger in my early 20s because they feel like they don't have enough money or they're not making enough money. And they're like, ah, oh, you're not really thinking about the future when you're 21 years old. You're not thinking about the future unless no, you're you want to be in the future, but you unless don't you're think Lloyd about the future. And basically was always thinking about these things. Most people, they're too busy. Like Lloyd, uh, in between Lloyd getting like 18 uh, degrees, <laughs> He was uh, consuming massive amounts of knowledge on the financial. How many degrees do you have? You have like three, don't three. you? Yeah, three. Yeah, so. I almost have a CFA charter too. Yeah, that even, or, yeah. Just cool. dust off the shoulder. I'm, I'm sorry, you got a little dust there. I'm most proud of the almost one than I am of the. Because yeah, the I almost one degrees. brought you the I have change. two and a half. Yeah, Tony's got an economics. You got a master's? I have, no, no. I have a. Um, um, business associates with a, a minor in economics, and then I have a engineering degree. That's right, engineering. Mechanical yeah. engineering. Yeah. I'm a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. I, my schooling is listening to you guys talk. That's that's my schooling. I'm getting a master's. So, you didn't learn anything at school, though. <laughs> it's, uh, I think it actually slowed me down. Uh, I don't know. It's arguable. Depending now, on what you're going into school, like school is important for certain things. Like if I don't, I don't want my doctor learning how to do surgery from YouTube. I'm okay well, if my, I'm sorry, no. <laughs> I'm I, still that. A lawyer. Maybe not YouTube. You could like, do anything from YouTube. You can learn yeah, how to invest think, on YouTube. No, I'm still... I, we'll, think, I, I really think you can actually do every... Like, if you think about it, oh university is more of a vetting mechanism than anything yeah. else. So you don't end up with idiots in the workforce. So, like, the medicine program, for example, six years, is to really see who's actually committed and who's... Yeah, serious, and that's right? why I want my doctor's yeah, yeah, yeah. six years. Yeah, you know, they can still learn surgery off, you know, watching someone else. Like getting a haircut, same thing. But uh, anyway, I'm off track no. here. I was going to say something <laughs> about tax. So the thing that's happened in the markets at the moment is um, this is in the United States mainly, which is what's causing a lot of volatility, is everyone's tax loss harvesting. So, you know, I think Manish Provide just did a big uh, episode on someone's podcast, and he talked about how he just sold Alibaba at 148, and uh, he dumped it. He bought it. His average price was like 190, and he sold it just recently to harvest the tax loss. And that's why he sold it. And then he bought it into Tencent. So you can actually, in the States, you can actually sell the stock, right, Tony? And then if you wait 30 days, you can actually rebuy it. Yeah. And so paying you for it, right? That's a good, uh, that's a good thing to bring up. So a wash, wash sale is what it's called here. But the thing is you can, so you can sell a stock that you're down on huge, but you can't buy it back within 30 days. Because if you buy it back within 30 days, you can't claim the loss anymore on your taxes. And in the U.S., you can only claim up to $3,000 per year in tax losses. And I think it's important to say that you don't, a lot of people think, oh, I just write off $3,000. You don't get $3,000 back. What it does is it lowers your taxable income. So if you make uh, $70,000, now it might lower it to $67,000. That's taxable. So you may get, I don't know, $150, maybe a couple hundred dollars back if you're lucky. So don't go think you can just gamble away three grand every year and you're going to get it back in taxes. <laughs> Ow. It's actually far from the truth. And even if you rebought it back and the stock rises again, which you hope it does, then you're going to actually pay more capital gains tax on the sale. And so it has, it has this effect of evening out in the end, doesn't it really? Like the government's not into giving away free money. No, no, like no, just that. during the pandemic. Well, oh, yeah, I wouldn't say that. In the last that's few true. years, we've given away more free money than we that's have true. in the entire that's history true. of the country. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We're still that's giving true. away free money. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah, my mistake. I'm, I'm, we're trying to have our baby before the end of the year, which I think is going to happen, uh, so that we can my my girlfriend can claim that that baby credit for the year. I don't know if I, I can get it. I don't know what the income limit is. She's just gonna claim it, so then she can get it. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's like three grand or something. They're just gonna yeah, send you a that. check. For, I think it's thirty six hundred per child. Wow, get that cheddar, man. Get it. Yeah, but I think that's what's money. causing the volatility. That's what's causing the volatility in a lot of stocks now. I think tax loss harvesting, especially for the stocks that have been hammered. Um, so, it's interesting to see that. I think it precedes the January effect. Have you guys heard of that phenomenon? No, I haven't. No. It's a yeah. It's a um, it's a phenomenon that 
well, it's statistically significant in the sense that every January stock markets on average have gone up and it's called the January effect. And I think what causes that now looking at it is the tax loss harvesting that happens in December, where then people then redeploy their capital and January and stocks tend to rise. But it's it's a if you go to Investopedia and you type in the January effect, you'll see you'll see it. So I have a question, Lloyd. If I'm choosing to invest, because I, I know uh, back in September, we were uh, a lot of the people were talking about what happens in September, like a dip in the September markets. Is it something similar to the like the January effect is just the reverse of the September red, if you will? Yeah, could be, could be. Could be. It's just a reversal. I think it's a reversal of the tax loss harvesting. I, could, yeah, could be. It could be optimism. I don't know. New yeah, Year optimism. Yeah, could be that too. Yeah, usually. It's like the Santa rally, you know. I, But... It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I read something really interesting. Actually, I've just published my new book. Well, it's launched officially today. And yeah, woo! yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry, I'm very happy about and, this because uh, it makes more work for me. Yeah. And so, what's your book? What's your new book? Well, it's called Money Buys Happiness. And if you go to moneybuyshappinessbook.com, you'll you'll find it there. It it's, really uh, does, though. Really yeah, does. I know. That's what <laughs> it really it does. does. It's nice to just have money to just do what you need. Yeah, to man. Do, I know? do. It, yeah, of course, it greases the wheel of life. But throughout that process of writing the book, I actually discovered that there's a section in there I talk about multiplying money, and I learned that dollar cost averaging is actually not as effective as lump sum investing. Which blew me away. Well, that's definitely like, true. If you uh, yeah. put like ten grand in the S and P five hundred, but if you put 10 grand and then you keep dollar cost averaging throughout 20 years, that's you're going to have a lot more money. <laughs> that's yeah. different. That, that, but I mean, like, yeah, just like instead of people say, look, I've got a hundred thousand to invest or 50,000. Do I put in little bits or do I just dump it in? And the, the real data from Vanguard says dump it in. Uh, Unless, of course, you get really unlucky and you put it you all in. 9, 29, crack, yeah. I'm high. And then it yeah. just goes down. 2007. Yeah. Yeah. If you like, put it all in at 2000 before the dot-com yeah. bubble or whatever. Yeah. But it, even long-term, it's, you know. I it'll even it, out. It'll even out. But, yeah, I thought that was interesting because I think it's about confidence too. Like people, are, they need to build confidence. That's what I've noticed when people start investing. They have to build. I can't say to someone, just go put half a million bucks into that. <laughs> you need to build confidence into it that it's safe and it's going to work for them. Can you give us an update on how your Baba investment's doing? I haven't checked in on what Baba's yeah, been I'm up down, to. I'm down. Is it I'm back up? 20, nah, I'm down 25% total. Uh, so the position's 415,000. I'm down 25, I'm down 107,000 uh, since buying it. And I bought more. <laughs> I, Has it I gone bought, up since we talked or is it still going down? Nah, it's sideways. It's got, it's dropped actually from 123 down to 117, but I bought more at 111. Ooh. And, okay, so um, it went up since you bought it at 111. At yeah, least. I bought it at 111. And then I'm just like, it's, it's a funny thing. Like <laughs> it's the markets can be more insane or can, the markets can be irrational longer than you can remain patient. And you have to be careful. Like there seems to be just, I, I actually think that someone, the hedge funds are paying Bloomberg to write the news the way they are. Like they're hunting it. And I think that they're doing that because I think Goldman wants to Gobble. continue to build his position. Yeah. I, I'm certain that is a massive news manipulation going on. You can see them. It's everywhere. China this, China that, China this. So I think we're on the receiving end of that. It can't keep, yeah, it can't. Well, it can. Either it just gonna, means it's extremely cheap and cheap and cheap, and then eventually bankrupt, it just, or it's going to boom. No, nah, it can't go. Well, it can't go bankrupt if it's. It's it's like a third of the GDP of China. It's not going. I know, bankrupt. but it, it just seems like it's not like the U.S. companies. I tell you what, <laughs> there's this fud going around. So, like, people think it's going to get delisted, which in essence means nothing because your broker just gives you a Hong Kong listing. It's fine, like whatever. It'll dump the price, but who cares? The business is in amazing shape. Like. It is fucking. It, it prints free cash flow like a beast, so it can't go. And it can also pay off all its debt in one fell with its cash. It can pay off all its debts with the cash right now. So it ain't going anywhere. But it's fuck. It's just getting through that noise, and it's fascinating to watch this happen in real time. Because Microsoft what, had the same issue. 
Well, normally these types of opportunities come around every 10 or 12 years. So we get to experience this together in real time. And look at Charlie Munger. He put in a last position he bought was Costco, I think, 14 years ago. Or something. No, 2014, so nine, eight, almost eight years ago. Well, it kind of reminds me of when like Microsoft was facing the monopoly uh, yeah, 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 things in the government in the early, I, I, late 90s, early 2000s, and everybody was, and it was getting hammered as a stock. And yeah. now it's like the number, like one of the best stocks to invest in, have money in because everyone's a freaking millionaire over there. Yeah. So what yeah. you're saying is I should dump my recent bonus check into Alibaba. Well, I don't give, I don't give. <laughs> I, he doesn't give advice. I don't. I, I, I think uh, you just, if you do, you take your engineering brain and apply it to the uh, financials, man. You'll just be like, holy. No, I, I have. I've looked at this a lot. And I, don't know what, I don't know what to make of like, what the hell. I think it's kind of, there's some manipulation going on, obviously. Definitely. It's all just fear. You know, the fear it's index rough. on this would be like zero. It's so like crazy, but. Yeah. Well, it's got an average P ratio of 35 over the last five years. So if you apply a P ratio of just that, you're getting it at, you know, it's worth like two, three, four hundred. Like it's worth a lot. But here's the thing. If you take its equity. So if you go to um, Seeking Alpha. How many right. people in the group have Baba? Leave a comment if you have Baba. Well, I, we do have uh, someone, uh, Mark, the, your resident uh, uh, oh, Vanguard in your backyard. Yeah. He's I'm asking this. I'm going to start charging him, too. You should. Baba uh, he's money? wondering if Baba makes money or do they give it to the great holy land of Zao? <laughs> they give Zao. some now. They give some now. The tax, rates, the tax rates at Cayman Island tax rate are like 16%. They've been on a good wicket because it's an ADR. It's not a stock. So the thing uh, Where is, am I going? Alpha Seeking? Seeking Alpha, um, Seeking Alpha. Okay, it's the best research tool. If you haven't got Seeking yeah, Alpha, it's Seeking a good, Alpha. it's a good website. So if you go there and you look at its equity, so you see the equity of the business is constantly rising. So it's now worth the equity. The shareholders' equity is now, I believe, off the top of my head, one point one trillion dollars. So just set, put this in perspective, everyone. Shareholders' equity is assets minus liabilities. So it's like when you do your net worth at home, you do your assets minus your liabilities, that's your net worth. So the net worth of the business with intangibles and tangible assets is $1.1 trillion, right? So if you go to financials and go to balance sheet and scroll down to shareholders equity, keep going, going down, it's down at the bottom. Total, yeah, total common shareholders equity. Let's have a look here. Is this Bubba? Yeah, this is Bubba. Oh, that's total shares outstanding. This, this is outstanding. This is total share. Oh, this Unless I picked the wrong one. There's uh, there's Bubba F. There was a Bubba F here. Hold on. B-A-B-A. Which one? I got Bubba oh, F? No, that's not the top one. There you there, go. Okay. There I you was go. in the right one. Okay. So. Inventory. Maybe it's got it drilled down to. Liabilities, long-term liabilities, preferred stock. I don't have any information. Common equality, common stock. Shareholder equity. Here it is. Is this what we're looking for? Total equity. Yeah. Go down. Oh, yeah. uh, common shares go up a little bit. Go up a little bit more. Stockholders equity total to the common. So I think this is in this is a different format actually. Go to um go to uh, marketview.com. Oh, it's easier to see in there. I will definitely be putting, uh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Uh, oh, I have to do a free trial. So market view, let me just double check that, man. Hang on. I'll be putting the links in the show. Oh, sorry, market, wa marketwatch.com. Marketwatch.com. Market yeah, and then search Bubba. 
Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the trending uh, market stories in the meantime to see what's going on. So uh, if you go there and then you click, uh, then you go to uh, financials in the market watch. Jesus. Uh, then balance sheet. Uh, yeah, financials. There we go. Balance sheet. There we go. Okay. Assets. If you go down to common equity. Common equity, see. here it is. Yeah. Let's zoom up in this. So uh, zoom out a bit. Where's common equity again? Here we go. Common equity, total assets up 52. Common equity. So see the common equity there? So this is every time it retains some of its earnings, it falls to the, the equity and it rises. So this is actually the net asset value of the business. So you can see it right, it's gone from 314, 456, 5, 5. so it's this building trend, right? It has no problems making cash. It makes a flipping ton. And it rolls to the equity. Now, the the net assets are like 1.1 trillion, right? So check this out. Even if you discounted it at 50%, the business is arguably worth $600 billion and it's selling, for three, it's selling for 350 or something. So at a really conservative rate at its equity, so that's the common shares outstanding multiplied by the price per share. It's actually, uh, it's flipping, it's, it's, a, it, it's so undervalued, you know, like it's, I mean, it's, they really, do have... trillion dollar, it's really a trillion dollar business basically. Like it ought to be valued wow. at, the same rate as our Facebook or whatever, right? So earnings report though from September, the flat the last earnings. quarter, it did not. I mean, I mean, they still had a net income of five and a half billion dollars, but it's down eighty yeah. percent from the previous yeah, but, quarter. Yeah, but yeah, that's but that's huge. because <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they also paid fines and fucking like they paid yeah. fine. It, it not every quarter is going to be a beat, right? <laughs> So what you want to do is you want to look for these businesses that are very high quality, that typically trade for a lot higher, that when it did that, the stock should have fallen to like 200, <laughs> not 117. It just got sold off because of all the political risk. That's what's happening here, right? Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy how profit margin has dropped so much. Still, <laughs> I they're still really profitable. Like the analyst rating here is great. It says buy. You should be yeah. buying Baba. <laughs> I, I just want to, there's someone in the comments, Maria said, I, I don't know Baba, it's a little risky. So let me talk. Uh, there's this thing about risk. It's perceived risk. It's, it, it, the, the, what's the actual risk? Give me the worst case scenario for this business. Nothing. Uh, worst Either. case scenario is they get delisted from the U.S. stock exchange. Okay. Okay, so, um, they, so your broker gives you stock exchange uh, onto the Hong Kong exchange, right? The business is still valued the same amount, though, just the price changes a bit. Question. Well, would they uh, lose a lot of liquidity, though, if they get taken out of the U.S. stock exchange? I doubt or it. Delisted? Uh, no, they've got a dual listing on the Hong Kong exchange. I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, well, apart from um, it being in China and the land of... But Tencent trades over the counter. Tencent's not even on the US exchange. And it's fine, liquidity-wise. It's got a Hong Kong listing. Uh, the stock ticker is 0700, I think. And uh, that's... I think, it's... I think short-term, though. I think if, if Baba got delisted short-term, there'd be so much fear that the stock would drop like crazy. I... You would see like a crazy, crazy... I think you would see a 30 40% drop. But I also that I would be know, from retail investors. I think that but would be more from retail than from like you know the hedgies. Yeah, but I don't see how that's a risk. I think that's an opportunity. Like, here's a risk. Ready? Let me frame risk. Risk is like overpaying for something. So, do you think there's more risk in the U.S. market? Yeah, advocate. I'm I'm just like giving an. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like, yeah. that's the worst. Yeah. Let's say it gets delisted. So, there's two things. Let's say the Chinese cancel ADRs and all the 900 ADRs throughout the world just get canceled. And all of a sudden China's economy implodes and the whole world goes through a depression. That's a worst case. But if that happens, my 
it doesn't matter at that point because the whole world depends on China. <laughs> at so that time, they, money doesn't exist. They're not, not going to can ADRs. That's just not going to that. That would be the that would destroy their their world domination plans. So the the second thing is with the listing. Yeah, I think you're right, Tony. It would would massively affect the stock. Look how Didi did that, but it would spring back quite drastically. I think it's an opportunity. But when it comes to risk, I think a lot of people moving into the Teslas and the Arc and the a lot of the tech stocks in the states, I think that's a risky play too, because of the overvaluation, right? I think if it if it was to go to because if it gets delisted off of the New York Stock Exchange and the Nasdaq, is it on the Nas? Is it on both? It's on the Nasdaq, yeah. If it's on the Nasdaq and it gets delisted to like an OTC market. It, because it's on the OTC market, you're going to have a lot less liquidity because not a lot, not everybody has access to OTC market through their broker. I don't think it would be an OTC like Tencent. I think it would just be on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange and float like a regular. Yeah, yeah which would make it harder. There'd be less liquidity because people wouldn't be able to sell right away. You wouldn't be able to sell like if you if you had thousands or millions of shares or hundreds of thousands of shares, you wouldn't be able to get out of it because there would be so much liquidity sucked out of the, the market. I think for a business that's 350 billion in Hong Kong, I think it would I think it would have enough liquidity. Yeah. In that market. It's a pretty, it's, it's actually, a, what's interesting that people don't know this is it's actually more stringent and strict to be listed on the Hong Kong exchange than it is in the States. And they're listed on the Hong Kong exchange now. They've got a dual listing. They're fungible, which means each, you, you own both, right, when you, when you own it. Sure. I just think the Chinese, the CCP just wants to punish them a little bit. I don't think it's, they're trying to destroy them because it would destroy their economy. But I think they just want to uh, really stick it to Jack Ma because he criticized yeah. them yeah. And to, to, to be like, hey, you know, know your role shut your mouth like he, they're using jack ma pretty much as, i think as correct. a scapegoat for the future like stopping any future uh billionaire entrepreneurs they're making an example yeah, that no one example. is bigger than the the party. the party or no one company is bigger than china so they're uh, they're trying to make an example of them and Sounds uh, like some uh, of the i think it's teams. i think it's working i think that it's, I think working. it's working it's working i think it's working for sure this is what happens if you speak out. So this is going to discourage other huge corporation uh, CEOs of corporations yeah. from it's ever pretty, saying anything. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but uh, I, we do have a question that I I want to answer because I actually have the same one. It's from Mark. He he's wanting to know what are ADRs, uh, depository receipts. So the they're the only way, on OTCs. Yeah. You I'm wanna... guessing OTCs are over-the-counter brokerage, so they're they're the brokerage you use to get like. If I'm a Canadian, I would use an OTC to get American exchange. stocks. It's a it's an over-the-counter stock exchange. Yeah. Um, it's not really a brokerage. It's a uh, company. Yeah, stock exchange is just where stocks are listed, and and the brokerage is like your middleman between you and the stock exchange. Yeah. Um, and a OTC is just, there's less regulations. Uh, it's usually penny stocks, $5 or less per share. They don't have, they might not have the same like reporting requirements or, uh, they might not have to disclose as, uh, as much financial, um, information as, as a stock on the New York stock exchange. And we've actually seen examples of OTC companies of just, someone running in a company out of their backyard and like their, their barn and it's valued at like millions of dollars on an OTC and they make 40 grand a year or something <laughs> or the sandwich shop in New Jersey. I remember that, uh, that I remember that episode, like hundred million dollars and they only made, uh, it was like $70,000 a year or something. It was like insane valuation. So it's things like that you have to be careful. And that's why a lot of, like, if you're going to buy something, you really should understand the balance sheets and what you're looking at. And at, at yeah. bare minimum, just go Google the earnings report. It's so easy. I mean, well, you I can find it. Sorry. Alibaba is not a stock. You're not buying the stock, actually, of the company. You're buying American, you're, you're buying depository receipts, which trade on the stock exchange. And the depository receipts are a, are a proof of ownership of shares in the VIE structure, 
which is a variable interest rate entity, which is the actual entity that's that's born in the Cayman Islands in this example. And you're actually buying receipts to ownership of the shares in the VIE structure. And the VIE structure is what actually owns the stock in or has a relationship with Alibaba in China because China doesn't allow you to own any mainland businesses as a foreigner. And that's how they've set this up. And that's how all the ADR. So if you go and buy Momo or uh, any Chinese company is going any to Chinese company on the New York Stock Exchange would be an ADR. Really? So okay. An ADR is just is just the middleman in AdSense to go to China. Yeah. The VI, or, there's a lot, there's like 900 VIEs on the American Stock Exchange. Yeah. I know there's a Netflix, because uh, I remember reading, uh, watching something on Netflix about this. I, I think it's Dirty Money or something. One of their money explained or something like that, where they're actually talking about some of the companies in China and some of the big, or I think it's the Chinese hustle. The, the China, China hustle. The, the China, China hustle. Uh, it's a great uh, Netflix thing you, you guys should watch. You should watch that. And yeah. I'm not saying Baba is that. I'm saying no, no, no. There's, it's, that's it's, a different situation. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like it's the penny stock situation. Like you don't know what you're investing in. So you have yeah. to be careful. But when you have a big name like Alibaba, which we know you can check their balance sheet, you can check what they're doing and they're getting punished by the, the Communist Party. So I guess they're doing something right and well, not yeah. wrong. Well, what's interesting is they're progressively becoming an international business because yeah. they're leading cloud through Asia and Vietnam and these places. And they've just joined up with JP Morgan in the United States to produce Alipay. And it's becoming progressively more like a, a global powerhouse, but it's got a long runway. I think, I think it'll be okay. If someone's asked me what stocks I own in the US, they're the only ones. I just own more. But I want, I mean, so there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about because people are interested in. Mm -hmm. 2022 we get this question a lot all the time in the group what are you what strategies are you changing going into 2022 if any at all as far as investing i'm Us? doubling down on the ones that i've already invested in <laughs> that's my strategy you guys told well, me that's the exact... boring, Phil. That's well no boring. i i'm sorry the the stocks that you guys have told me like guys you have to understand the amount of knowledge that you guys get from listening to Tony, Dalt, and Lloyd when he posts in the group is invaluable. The I have made money on my investments, not a lot because I I have. What are you invested in? People I'm invested know. in. I'm invested in. Okay, I'm invested in three banks in Canada because <clears throat> banks three. print money. Only three. Only three. Okay. Because the, I, 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 the big three in Canada, there's like, there's five big ones, but I only trust three of them because um, okay. I don't like the other ones. <clears throat> okay. And I'm invested in VU because I want to make money and it's going up. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be taking a, a position in Alibaba. I'm going to be doing that. Scared shitless. A, a lot of people writing on, a lot of people writing on this from these podcasts. I'm like, I hope <laughs> Well, so for me, but I'm looking at it as my crypto risk. Like, I'm, I don't want to invest in crypto because I'm still, I don't understand the technology yet. I, I, I can see where it's going because, like, of who I'm following in that, I see where crypto and blockchain is going. But I'm, I'm like, Alibaba will be my crypto play. If I fuck up on Alibaba, I'm okay with it because I know Lloyd's going to be losing a lot more than me. You know what? At this point, you might be better off with crypto, Phil. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not going into crypto. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait till your course I like Kevin Lloyd on because we could do our our, our uh, checkup on Baba every time. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next time he comes on, it's going to triple. Uh, Tony? He's going to be out of the seven-figure uh, portfolio. Next no, he's going to be in eight on. figures, I'm nine still figures. I'm still in. I'm going, I'm hunting down 2 million. I'm still in, but it'll take me another couple of years. I, doubt it. I hope it goes, I hope it explodes, man. Oh, he's going to explode really next do. year. Really who knows? I, who know, I, I think it's going to be fine. But you know what? Um, in 2022, to, to, to Phil's point, I'll tell you something I've learned is like for, to Phil's point with these three banks, cool. But money's made through non-diversification. And if I was Phil, I would find the bank there out of all of them that had the widest moat, had the highest return on assets reasonably priced but the biggest longest biggest moat and i dump all in that one bank and that's how i hold stock here we have four major banks i my biggest position is not baba it's this bank and uh it it's just it's pretty non-risky to actually own an individual i i think people don't understand how actually risk less risky it really is like to actually own a whole business i think people's incomes from their jobs from those businesses 
are more likely to go broke than some of these stocks you own in big companies. So I think actually people's risk, understanding of risk is so skewed from this whole over-diversification conversation. So I think in 2022, I've got three positions and I'm just going to hold on to them and build up cash. You only have three? Three. Wow. And I feel over-diversified. He's going to sell everything wow. and dump it into Baba. That's what, what I'm calling. What are your three positions? Baba, a bank, and what else? Webjet. The travel in Australia. Yeah. So, like, that would be my riskiest position, I would say. that would, But it's not even that risky. <laughs> It's like the people that the people that work at that company, they're they're getting their only income from that company. It's like way worse. So I think you've got to just frame your business. Like if you want to make money in stocks, there's a wonderful podcast, uh, not podcast episode. There's a great YouTube clip actually. If you go and jump into YouTube, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett talking about diversification at one of their shareholders meetings. Throughout this episode, Warren says. And both Charlie, Warren says, you know, Charlie, you've probably put 75% of your net worth into one stock. And Charlie's like 75% and I've put more than 100% in one stock. You have to remember that that the way they invest now with hundreds of billions of dollars is different to how they invested back before. But look at Warren Buffett's portfolio. It's it's a big portfolio. I, I forget off the top of my head what it's worth. I'm not too sure. It might be 250 million, 300, I'm not sure. But his biggest position is 45% of his entire portfolio, which is Apple. It's $100 billion, right? So look at that. Even at that scale of money, he's still got 45% of his whole portfolio in one stock. And if you look at it, it's actually the whole portfolio is made up of about five positions total, right? American Express, Coca-Cola, Moody's, Bank of America, and and Apple. So why is everyone else's portfolio uh, so diversified? Like, it's like, if you're going to diversify, I reckon VU. Right, VU, VTI, and whatever. Right, yeah, just that, just just do that, and then you just like leave it. Right, but here's the thing: if you want to get wealthy, you can do that, but it's going to take a long time. So if you can be patient, you'll get there. Right, Minish Pride has a great talk on that. He's like, if you just put in a few hundred bucks a week and keep it in the VU and for a long term, you'll be fine. But I think people want to get wealthier faster. So how you become a millionaire quicker is you learn value investing and you just concentrate your your money in in a couple of positions, right? And that's how people have actually made money. That's actually how Warren Buffett actually got rich and it's how Charlie Mungan got rich. And he's talking like, man, he put margin into one position. But I don't think anyone in this in, in our group is capable probably of doing that professionally. Yet. I just, look, it, they Warren Buffett and Charlie read 100 years oh, i forget what it was some crazy number of years of the annual reports of coke before they started buying jesus so that's sometimes the type of research well they also have a team of people that can get access to information that the average person can't get and they they're spending countless hours uh and manpower studying these companies that the average person's not gonna be able to do that's right and they if also have, have access to income that the average person doesn't <laughs> have so if you're going to invest invest millions of dollars in the coca-cola and let it sit for years you can become a deca millionaire but yeah. the average person's only investing a couple hundred dollars into a, a stock and that's the problem and i think that's why in our group in particular which i understand what you're saying now it definitely a lot of people are way too over diversified and you see uh, i think it's getting better though yeah, no, yeah. I, I've so, seen a big trend in this year from the beginning of doing the show with everybody right. posting. We don't there. see a lot of nonsense anymore. Um, yeah. Except for when, when AMC we first started up. this. Remember, you saw it, Lloyd. You've been in the group for as long as, yeah, since almost the beginning, yeah, where yeah. people would post pictures of their portfolio and it would just be just endless speculation stock. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to say the person's name, but remember I, I in our group, yeah, I sent this to Phil and a couple of us. I, like, I, I claim innocence. I don't know anything anymore. This one guy uh, posted six, seven months ago. Uh, it was 27 weeks ago or something. Okay, he was yeah. like, I didn't, I don't listen to anybody and, I, and I'm doing just fine. And he had like all these meme stocks and he was up. He was up like 15, 20% on his portfolio. And then it's funny that post came up recently, 27 weeks later. 27 weeks later, I looked up all of those positions and all of them, every single one 
is down at least 30, 40%. Some of them are down 80%. It was like pot stocks, like AMC, all these, all these speculate, Blackberry, all of them were getting crushed. And then I mentioned it and I left a comment and I was like, well, seven, uh, six months later, this portfolio is the worst one in history, you know? And to this guy's credit, he was like, you're right. I should have, I I thought I knew what I was doing and I should have, I should have listened. And I kind of, I thought I I was a genius and, and I get it because when the market's doing well and everything's up, anything you pick looks pretty good. And and it seems like, you know what you're doing, Yeah, you know, the market humbles you. But then when you get some, some turbulence, like we've been seeing the last two months where it's just so volatile and, and the, the stocks that don't make any money or companies that don't make money are getting crushed. Even companies that do make money are getting crushed, but the ones that don't make money are really getting crushed. And now people are like, shit, like I'm down a lot of money. What do I do? And it's like, oh. yep. <laughs> Stick to Sell and jump trades. into one stock. I, I, between trading and investing too, you know, mm-hmm. I would be comfortable with, I'd be comfortable with all my money in BTI or VU or like all of it. Just one. Makes sense. Yeah. Th- those are great companies. Well, that's I or, just, that is, uh, ETF. Sorry. I was just talking about that. Well, that companies. Yeah. I, I was just talking about that with someone in the group, how, uh, if you just invested really heavily into VOO or VTI and you, you put $200 a week or, you know, even a hundred dollars a week into there, 25 years, I know it seems like a long time, but if you're someone that's 20 years old right now and you throw a hundred dollars a week, $200 a week in there, by the time you're in your mid forties, you could have close to a million dollars in there. You could have 700 grand in there. And at 45, you're doing pretty damn good. If you're, you know, even if you have a six figure account at 45, you're doing better than most people. Yeah. And you took very low risk to get there. Investing in VU or VTI is. And, and that's only if, that's only if you're continually putting a hundred dollars for those 20 years in, in five years, you may get a salary increase where you can put $200, yeah, yeah, yeah. $300, Man. $400. Man, so everyone, like, is, everyone can be worth 10 million in this group. Everyone. Yeah. Every flipping person, all you have to do is do exactly what Tony just said, what Phil just said. You just got to up your income, you know? Yeah, then you go make money. But yeah, you can do that too in the United States because it's a land of opportunity. Of course. And uh, if you comment hashtag 500, you get the opportunity to re- win Lloyd's book, which helped me launch my side hustle, which is now my main hustle. You get a copy of Tony Tony's course and you get a copy of my book to launch a podcast so you guys can start doing this yeah. and teaching other people something about your hobby or your lifestyle about and, that and by the way i've i've read lloyd's book it's excellent very highly cool. rated and phil produces our, our podcast and they're fantastic uh got a lot of great ratings on those and uh my course i've had 155 sales four and a half stars so we're all working on our own side hustle and we're all using that money to reinvest into ourselves or the stock market. And, uh, if anybody could do it, like Lloyd said, I I didn't think I, I was so lost and didn't know what to do two years ago. And I just decided to do my own podcast and then I evolved into a course and this and doing other things and you can do it. Like you don't need to be a genius to figure out how to make money. Just find something you like doing. It's true. It's true. And if you could help people, like we're hopefully doing, um, make money and you're helping people. So, yeah. I mean, what's better yeah. than that? It's the best. Can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'll get back to you, though, Tony. I'll get There's back nothing. to you on that. There's, no, <laughs> There's nothing. But, All right. We're coming up to the end here. Um, imagine putting $500 a week into VTI or VU. 20 yeah. years, you'd be a millionaire. You know, less, you know, yeah. Um, what do all you right, say? Let's... I have a question, real quick, Lloyd. What do you say to the people? I see this quite often. What do you see the people say to the people that are in their 50, 50 or older that feel like it's too late for them and they don't know what to do with investing and it, they could invest in the boo, but it's they, you know, they're going to retire in 15 years. What's your advice to them? They're fucked. Yeah, but you for yeah. So them, so fifty year olds, I would say you've got to start a business. 
because you need to be able to out, like create a ton of cash. And the only way to do that is to get in business. Now I've got friends. I know some people don't like it. Some people do. Some people love it. I love it. I've got friends who in their 60s, they were 60. I've got a few of them actually. They started a network, they started a network marketing business and one of them has made 7 million in seven years and the other one's made, I think like 12 million. It's in 12 wow. years or something. And they started at 60. There are very few businesses you can start with low capital that do that. And network marketing is the only one, I think, frankly. And so if I was that age, that's what I'd be looking at. That's it. Yeah, that's it. So for big wealth, that's the only thing I think. One of the only things you you have to start a business. And you had no business experience. That's what that's the vehicle I would choose personally. And, and I would say the only other thing you can do as well is sell your uh, skill max your 401k out and get that full uh employer max because if you're 50 and you only have 15 years to go if if your employer doesn't match and you can invest 10 percent of your salary and they'll give you five to ten percent extra they'll go a long way almost double up on what you're doing yeah in 15 yeah. years if you do like a growth fund like a qqq you know, you might be I able would, to. Yeah, I would accelerate that too. They've been so close to that, but it depends how much money they've got too. Like, I'm yeah. thinking big wealth. I want to make like. Lloyd's looking walk, to get the B. He wants to hit the you B. Only, so. You only walk this earth once. Like, I go for ten mil. I want to go for. I'm going for a billion. My goal is a billion. I'm, I'm still trying to hit a hundred thousand. Yeah, million. you hit a hundred thousand. You get there. You get there. The end goal what? is a billion dollars for me. That's my end goal. Before yeah. I die. <laughs> that's that's the time frame I have before I die. I have to get a billion dollars. Let's see. Let's see if we can all make one million dollars in 2022. Yeah. Think about it, Tony. And I can see you. I can see the limiting beliefs coming there. But let's just think about this for a second. Elon Musk says, "If what, what if you bring your ten-year goal back to six years, how does you, your thinking change?" And what I'll say is that. Who do you have to become? What has to happen in the next few months for you to actually earn a million dollars in a year? Like, I tell you what you have to do. It's an exercise to... To, to loosen the grip on limiting beliefs that we all have. Think about what would have to happen. Just think about it. And if you aim for this, aim for that, and you fail, you will outperform what you're going to do in the first place. And and Lloyd just dropped an amazing episode on millionaire uh, mindset uh, routines, right? What's the routines you just dropped, right? Goal setting. Goal setting. Goal setting. Sorry, goal setting. So if we want to be millionaires, we got to listen to that episode. It's going to help us set the goal to be a millionaire. There we go. Look at that. Yeah, bring it all around. That's my job. Baby steps and yeah, setting I goals think... and and accomplishing those goals and checking off the. Like if you're someone that doesn't have any money, get to a thousand dollars, you know, and then get to ten thousand, and then you know, get to fifty thousand, get to a hundred thousand, and just keep striving for to hit that goal. Doesn't I, I? I know. I understand your optimism with a million dollars. Like, how can I make a million dollars next year? But a lot of people like that seems like such a crazy oh, thing. No, it's more you know, what's you. not crazy but is next year $10,000 next year so I just want to just point out so I have to deal my other podcast is the investing yourself the digital entrepreneur podcast where I talk with digital entrepreneurs that's how I connected with uh Lloyd uh he was a guest in season two and I've been able to talk with uh people like our age Tony in their mid-30s that in a year have made a million dollars so it is possible don't worry it's about the mill possible. don't worry about the mill how about this then just go for a hundred grand I'm going for a million. Hundred thousand. My goal by the end of next year is hundred grand, which I think grand. I can do. And I actually am almost positive I can do. You I can do it. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it's gonna stretch enough. Go two hundred. Anyway. But All I right, think Lloyd, where can we find you? Um, just go at Lloyd James Ross Instagram. But you can find me on the podcast Money Grows on Trees. It's on Spotify. Alibaba.com. Yeah, you can slash Lloyd. Uh <laughs> Holy shit! Link, you'll get I've really put my whole reputation on this one. Like, yeah, yeah, you have. Unfortunately, you're the Alibaba guy. Uh, uh, I really shit. hope it blows up for you uh, in the positive. Uh, Tony, where can we find you? Podcast. You can find me on the group. Um, that's about it for right now. I'm working on some other stuff, but you know, having a baby's getting in the way of that. 
with all this baby planning, but I am working on some new courses, which will be out soon. There we go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am Phil Better, the podcast mogul. I thank you all for listening and make sure you go and check out both Money Grows on Trees to take your your mindset and your, your life into a better position and plant some money trees and get more knowledge in the Stock Grows podcast. I thank you all and have a great, great night.